Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, loves. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we share intimate details about our intimate interactions in an effort to improve sex lives everywhere. And I'm so excited to introduce to you my guest today is Amanda. Welcome, Amanda. Hi. Will you please tell our listeners a little bit of the basic background info? For example, what is your age or generation? I am 30. Okay. Oh, me too. What's your birthday? What's your birthday? <laughs> August 9th. Oh, okay. Let's see. Is that a Leo? Oh, yeah. I love it. Okay. Um, what is your sexual orientation and gender identity and pronouns? Um, I identify generally as bisexual or queer. Um, I kind of like the umbrella-ness mm-hmm. of queer. Um, and I use she, her pronouns. What is your profession area? Um, I am a nanny by day, but I do also a lot of, um, I'm a socialist organizer. I'm a secretary oh. for um, our local Democratic Socialists of America chapter. So Fuck yeah. I do a lot of work Ooh. with them. <laughs> Good. That's amazing. Awesome. Also, just to say, Leo rules creativity, play, and children. So it's like apt that you're working with children too. Um, <laughs> as a nanny, I assume that the democratic socialists are adults. They are adults. But, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but we, do, we do sometimes have kids that show up and I did implement our childcare program there. So <sighs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Leo. Uh, and then, <laughs> can you just share with us a little bit about your background, like where you grew up and kind of what the, what the vibe in your family was and maybe segue into some sex stuff there? Sure. Um, so I grew up and still live in, um, in or around Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I grew up more, um, unlike the rural side of Ohio, like about an hour outside of Cincinnati. Okay. Um, and then along with growing up in a rural area, my family, um, they're conservative Christians, grew up in a very religious church going household. And pretty much everybody that I knew, pretty much everybody that lived around there was also that same 
background. Yeah. Um, Was it like an every Sunday kind of church situation? Okay. Yeah. I mean, every Sunday and I was super involved with our youth group growing up. And so like very, very churchy, (laughs) very Jesus oriented. Do you still Um, go to church or is that? Great. No. Um, Same, same, but I always just ask. Yeah, no, I did go um, up through my early-ish 20s, um, and we're going to get into all kinds of stuff, but uh, I got married very young. I got married at uh, 20, just turned 21. Oh, wow. Um, So really young, Um, and part of that was, you know, I went to a Christian college as well and met, um, he's now my ex, but met him then. so yeah, I mean, it, that kind of that kind of upbringing really did form a lot of my life choices mm. um, at, during high school and during early college years and stuff, and not really for the best, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I didn't come out as bisexual until last year. Oh wow! Uh, and like, I knew at like thirteen or fourteen, but definitely oh, really? I think it would be accepted. Got it. Uh, not by my family, not by my community of people. Um, so I just kind of was like, well, I like men too. So that's easier. Um, it is so much easier. (laughs) Um, yeah, it was a lot easier, especially, you know, growing up in a tiny conservative town to just not rock the boat in that way. Um, but finally, uh, yeah, through a lot of, there were a lot of reasons why, but, uh, finally came out last year and it feels amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Happy happy Pride Month. We are recording this. Happy Pride. (laughs) Okay, I have so many questions. How did you know you were queer when you were 13, 14? Like, what was the moment that you were like, ah? I don't know if I can pinpoint it to a moment, but definitely um, looking. And it's funny because a lot of it is more clear now. You know, identifying as bisexual, a lot of it is like, oh, I can look back and be like, you definitely had a crush on such and such friend or whatever, but like definitely, um, you know, wanting, having certain friends that like, I really did want more physical intimacy with and feeling, uh, feeling like I absolutely shouldn't, um, but simultaneously wanting to. So like if I had friends that, you know, I kind of had a thing for, um, and like really I was so deeply, deeply closeted. I, wouldn't have admitted to myself at the time that like I had feelings for them. It would have been more like, Oh, I think she's really, really pretty. And I like her a lot. Um, Yeah. So I think then, you know, I definitely had a friend who identified as like bisexual or queer. um, And she was spending the night one night and like cuddling me and just like, I'm just like laying there in the dark, like, Oh my God. Like, is she going to kiss me? Like, what's going to happen? And she didn't. And, but like, just be, just like having that experience of like wanting it to happen. I was like, Oh, okay. I guess probably you're into women also, but also like, that's probably not a thing you can explore. Yeah. How do do you remember how old you were then? Probably 14. Okay. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. So and, and hindsight is 21, 20. So like looking back on other experiences, even maybe younger than that, like mm-hmm. just ways that I used to interact with friends, especially, um, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, you were super, super bi. <laughs> you were not willing to admit it to yourself. So yeah, that was, uh, that was so rough. How, first of all, how was it coming out to your family? 
really nerve-wracking because I also came out as polyamorous and told them I was getting a divorce at the same time. Oh my Um, god, did they freak out? They freaked out a little bit, um, which I expected. They took it better than I expected them to, but uh, yeah, they weren't expecting all of that. They knew that, like, my marriage was not going super well um, for, like, the last year or so, and I shared, I'm not super close with my parents. Um, We do, like, spend time together fairly frequently, but we've never had the kind of relationship where I can just, like, open up to them and share with them. Would you agree that that's a fairly Midwestern kind of vibe, like, this, like, we love each other and we're gonna be nice and spend time together, but we don't need to talk about those, those tricky feelings. No, no, (laughs) let's shut those down. Yeah, that was not a thing. Yeah, I never, you know, never, never really opened up to them about a lot of things. Um, So then kind of laying out so much uh, right at at one time, I was kind of like, I feel like they're, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. And I think, I don't know, I finally had gained enough confidence at that point to feel like whatever happens, like if, if they choose to cut me out of their lives, it's their loss at this point. Like I love them, but also like, it's more important to me to live the life that feels real and genuine. Um, and if they can't love that person, sorry, I'm not going to pretend in a closet anymore. So, um, so I think having that, like, well, whatever happens, happens kind of mentality going into it. I was able to like, I mean, obviously I was still, you know, still was shaky, still was crying a little bit off and on, but like, tried to answer their questions to the best of my ability and uh, just kind of laid it out factually. And they, we've, I've had a couple of conversations with my mom. This was last August. Um, so it's been almost a year wow. since I came out to them and like totally came out publicly. Okay. Um, I was kind of sharing it with friends for probably six months to a year before yeah. that. But uh, yeah, officially came out like on Facebook and to them and all of it um, fairly, you know, all in, quick succession last August. So were they surprised? Did you, they they were surprised. Um, I think the polyamory weirdly threw them for more of a loop than any of the rest of it. That doesn't surprise me. I thought was really interesting. Had they ever come into contact with it before? Like, did they know what it was? Yeah. Not really. I think mostly their, their first thought was, oh, you're just having sex with a lot of people. And I was like, well, true, but also (laughs) I'm having, you know, some really meaningful relationships with other people as well. And it's bringing a lot of value to my life. Um, And I still think that's something like, I now bring multiple partners to family get-togethers. <gasps> That's uh, amazing! It is amazing. Oh, um, yeah, wow. it's amazing. But I'm kind of like, you know, whatever. This is my life, and I'm not going to, like sugarcoat it and pretend that that's not what is happening so these people were important to me and here they here they are that's fucking Um, cool are they they're welcoming they are welcoming um I still think I don't know they're very they're loving people and they're very they can be very generous people um and I think thankfully they're the kind of people who you know aren't gonna just write me out but I think they also probably think I'm going to hell (laughs) so that's kind of a weird, uh, it, that is the, the, the disconnect. That is the side effect of Christianity in, in many yeah. cases. Uh, yeah, but they are very, they're very nice. They got, uh, two of my partners came to like family Christmas and my mom made them like tins of cookies and Buckeyes and chocolate oh my God. and things. And I was like, well, mom, you're really trying. And I really appreciate wow. that. So, yeah. Okay. 
I have so many questions. I want to start with, I know it's just so full of questions. It's okay. I like it. <laughs> okay, good. I want to start with, I want to start with knowing more details about your polyamorous lifestyle and what it looks like currently. Mm -hmm. Let's start there. But then I do want to take us back to like the young experiences through the marriage and how you came upon polyamory. Like I sure. want the whole story. Yeah. Um, so currently I am living with, um, I refer to him as my nesting partner. His I name love is that phrase, by the way. Um, yeah, I like it because I, I don't super love the primary secondary thing, mm -hmm. even though like, yeah, he technically would be my, you know, what other people might call a primary partner. I just like nesting partner. because I like nesting partner a lot. I've been saying rock yeah. partner, but that's, yeah. nobody knows like what that is. anchor partner too, yeah. um, yeah. or, you know, some people use like a constellation sort of metaphor as well for their like poly group or whatever. But, um, but then are they like, he's my son or she's my son? Or what do they say? Like, I'm, I'm not that sure. That, that guy's the Jupiter. She's yeah. the Venus. Like, Venus over there. Yeah. Um, so right. he's, he and I have been together since last October. Um, mm -hmm. and we were very good friends before that. And I, uh, confessed feelings to him multiple times before he was like ready to explore a romantic yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, and it's been, it's been amazing. It's been super, super, super great. It's like, really, it is like falling in love with your best friend. Can, and what, can, can you slow down for a moment and tell me what it's like to confess feelings you said multiple times Yes. to the same person? <laughs> yes. That's um, so fucking brave. <laughs> and I, and I know, I, I know I say on the podcast, I'm like, let's keep it to relation or keep it to sex, not relationships. But I actually think relationships are hugely important in the context, like for context, it's, it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was that like? Well, um, so goodness. Um, so I have another partner, Brian, um, and I met him January, 2018. And he kind of, he's the one who introduced me to Democratic Socialists of America, and I joined the chapter, and I met Steve, um, he's another chapter member, mm -hmm. um, and I met him there, and we became friends, and I thought he was just, like, adorable and charming from the second I met him. Yeah. Um, but we became friends first, and he's kind of a quieter sort of person, and I tend to be drawn, um, tend to be, not always, mm -hmm. um, but tend to be drawn to kind of quieter folks and kind of like getting people to come out of their shells and like open up to me and feel like they trust me and all of that. So we, um, we began hanging out a lot over the summer, mostly last summer, lots of like late nights on bar patios and on my, you know, balcony at my apartment, smoking some weed and just, you know, hanging out and talking and sharing a lot of really personal stuff. Um, so the first time I kind of, it was like when we were first becoming friends and I was kind of like, you know, do you want to hang out sometime? Just the two of us. And he was kind of like, took him like three days to respond. Um, Cause he's kind of like a, a deer. He gets easily startled. <laughs> he's very sweet. <laughs> Um, yeah, seriously though. Um, but he was like, I don't know if I'm like in the headspace for that right now. And, I, and, and was very sweet about it. Um, but then we continued hanging out more and flirting and I was just like, come on, like I'm getting all of these vibes from you. Like there's gotta be something on your side. So like later at the end of the summer, we had like a particular night out, um, drinking with some friends, doing some karaoke and he kind of let slip that he did have feelings 
but I was like, but what did you say? And he's like, oh, nothing. Like, you know, just tried to play it off, try to be cool about it. Um, and at the time, he's also bisexual. Okay. Um, and he hadn't been with anybody in several years. And he hadn't been with a woman in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So he was feeling very conflicted about having feelings for me and what a relationship would look like between us because he felt like he hadn't really uh, explored that in a long time. So I was trying, you know, I told him, I was like, I, I'm your friend and we can just be friends and stay friends and that's okay. Um, but then just my feelings intensified continually. And then finally, um, cause up to that point, I had just kind of been like, you know, do you want to like explore something? And finally I was like, I really just, I need to lay out like I'm like in fucking love with you. <laughs> I need ah. to just kind of just really say like, this is what I could envision for us. And so I sent him this really long message on Facebook <laughs> messenger. Um, after, right after he left my house, cause he'd been hanging out and we'd been hanging out on the balcony, smoking mm-hmm. some weed and talking mm-hmm. for like hours. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really, really, really wanted to kiss him when he left, but I didn't cause I didn't want to like you know, push any boundaries. Yeah, but I was like, totally. I've got to just, I've just got to tell him, I've got to tell him how seriously I feel. Yeah. So I finally sent that third message and I was like, this is it. You know, if he says no to this, like, I really have got to just like not explore this anymore. I've just got to be like, yeah, we're friends. That's it. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah. But it took him, you know, then he responded the next morning that he wanted to think about it a little bit. Um, but then sent me a message, I think a day later, um, saying that he wanted to find out what we might have. And it was a very sweet message. And I like literally was crying and laughing and uh, it was, yeah, it was the best response. I was really expecting him to be like, you know, I love you as a friend and that's it. And so like getting, you know, a yes felt amazing. And then our relationship since has been amazing. So I have a very specific sex question. That seems like a lot of emotional buildup and just like tension. What was your first time together like? Like it seems like so much pressure and I I weirdly have a similar situation right now with a person where I'm just like, should I tell them? What am I doing? Yes, I think you should always tell them. I mean, it literally feels like a sign that we're having this conversation on this particular day. Ah. Um, so my advice is always tell people how you feel. <laughs> I, I mean, I love that. And that is actually what I profess. And then it's just been a long time since I've had to actually do it in a way where I, with someone that I really, really care about. Because it's scary, you know, getting a, getting a rejection is scary, um, especially when you feel like the stakes are high. So Yeah. And, and the last time I did it, I did lose a friend. Like we don't talk anymore. So I was That's like, really I was like, let's explore this. What's our sexual chemistry like? It did not it didn't go well. Didn't go well. Um, so how did yours go though? Okay. Um, so, so he was a little, you know, a little unsure because he hadn't been with a woman in years, yeah. you know, a decade. And I was like, you know, and, and I, knowing that I was like, I'm not going to push like whatever feels like good and natural for us. Like that's kind of how I want things to go. So the, things did start fairly slowly. Um, there were a lot of hot and heavy makeout sessions on the couch. Um, but we didn't, um, I'm trying to think like when we actually, I mean, and it's also, how do you define sex? Like is sex just being intimate with another person? Cause oh, you know, I, we certainly were intimate with each other, but like our first time having like penetrative sex 
was December. So it was a couple of months into us. Oh my God. I love that you guys took it that slow. Like I love that you just let the buildup happen. And, you know, we've been having, um, you know, other types of sex and certainly having a lot of fun. Um, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to rush him. I didn't want him to feel too much pressure and I was happy to, you know, kind of take it at his pace, though I am a very sexual person and was very much looking forward to it. Um, but it was wonderful. It was, it was wonderful. It was super sweet. It was, you know, we woke up on a Sunday morning and just had like a lovely, you know, just slow, like make out and just, you know, very intimate. And finally, like there was this point of like, are we gonna? And then we did. Awesome. <laughs> it was, it was really, really, really wonderful. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I also want to know, okay, I want to know details about everything, but I also want to know right now details about your polyamorous relationship. Like what is the setup like? What is the sex like? What is the protection like? Do you do yes. it together? Is it separate? So I have, so I have Steve, my nesting partner. Um, I have Brian, my, I don't know if you want to call them secondary partner or not. Um, and then I am also seeing um, a woman named Christine and she is also Brian's partner. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. They were seeing each other before he and I met each other. And so we became friends and metamorphs um, and began hanging out. And then a couple of months ago, she messaged me and confessed that she'd had a crush on me since mm-hmm. we met. And I was like, that's exciting. <laughs> um, let's see what that looks like. So yeah. we've been hanging out and going on dates and, uh, it's been going really well. Um, so Steve doesn't have any other partners. Brian has Christine and then he also has another regular partner. Um, and then he also kind of does some more casual dating mm-hmm. off and on. Um, mm-hmm. and then Christine actually lives with her triad. Um, yeah. So we have, we have quite a polycule. Yeah, we literally just had yeah. a party last Saturday night oh after God, Pride. Beautiful. Um, it was, it was really wonderful and fun and we all get along really, really well. And it's, Thank it's really, really God. nice. It's like poly daydreams, but, uh, that's I, literally what you're describing <laughs> sounds like paradise. Like it sounds, so I don't know if you've ever read any Robert Heinlein. He's my, oh, he's my favorite. He's, if you like sci-fi at all, I highly recommend Time Enough for Love, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress or Stranger in a Strange Land. They okay. all have these, or Friday, um, mm-hmm. they all have these beautiful polyamorous themes. Like he wrote them in the sixties and seventies, but the way that he describes like the, the different types of like, there are line marriages, there are constellations. And then sometimes there are just like four different couples that like love each other and hang out and they all share each other. And there's just so much like respect and support and just care all the way around. And that's what I dream about. But then, and I hear you saying that I'm like, Oh my God, it's real. It's but then, possible. <laughs> yeah, but then my mind is like, I don't know if, if someone was with someone I didn't like, I would have a problem. So maybe I'm not polyamorous and maybe I could never, maybe I'll just be alone forever. And Use my vibrator a lot. <laughs> well, that, you know, using vibrator a lot is nice. But uh, I hope to do that anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, really, we, I don't know, it kind of just became this. Because originally I was with Brian, and then I met Steve through DSA. And then I also met Christine because she's his partner, but she's also a DSA member. Yeah. Um, so that is another level of interaction that we all That's have. Amazing. It's, yeah, it's, it is amazing. Um, it's been really, really good. So yeah, we, um, we've had, so Christine, Brian, and I are thinking about 
exploring some threesome stuff between the three of us. But since Christine and I just sort of started our physical thing, we kind of wanted to kind of explore that a little bit more, just the two of us, and then sort of uh, so see, yeah, see where I can go with Brian. So I think right. that would be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about that. Okay. Um, will, you, will you outline some like maybe vague fantasies you have, or if they're specific oh, ones? Like well, there's one them. specific one that sort of began because like when she and I started seeing each other I was like I really don't want this to become like an instant triad Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. because I really did want to have you know develop more of a relationship with her individually as well I think is necessary in any triad anyway like I think if you're going to be in a triad you have to each have your own relationship with one another too yeah I agree 100 (laughs) percent okay Um, I interrupted you go on (laughs) <laughs> but so a fantasy that I've been having lately is tying like tying him up to where he can watch but not touch himself and she and I have like a long slow sex session in front oh of him. Oh my god. Maybe we get up and tease him now and again but mostly I really I really like that idea. <laughs> That's such a good idea. I think that would be a lot of fun. Oh and also, God. you know, just having a threesome with the three of us would be lovely, but yeah, yeah. I kind of, I kind of like the tease of uh, him getting to watch and not get to participate immediately anyway. So I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, this is like maybe a boring question, but how often do you guys see each other and like, where do you do sex? <laughs> so um, Steve and I live together, so we mm-hmm. see each other right, right. every day, basically, Um Brian has his own house and I see him, we used to see each other weekly um, and then kind of de-escalated our relationship a little bit um, around when Steve and I started getting, spending a lot more time together um, because it just sort of, it felt um, at the time, it just sort of, and it was a little bit tricky of a transition at that time. Um, Brian was just having, I think he had envisioned for us sort of a more serious future than we had ever discussed and then sort of didn't realize how serious I was getting with Steve until I was kind of like, we're moving in together. And he was like, Oh, um, there were a lot of conversations. Um, but thankfully we've come through and things are really, really good now. Um, but he and I see each other probably every two weeks ish now. Um, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, so I'll go, I'll go over to his house and stay over usually for a night. And then Christine and I, it's a little trickier because I live with Steve. She lives with her triad. So neither of us really has a place just like alone. So, um, sometimes Steve will go out and she will come over here. And that's generally been what we've been doing. And then. And Steve knows about that, right? Oh yeah. Okay. You say knows about it? He knows like he's aware that it's happening. Like it's part of your agreement and you're cool with it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he's, he was very happy to like, scoot out and go get some coffee or something (laughs) Um, so we could have some time together which is super sweet um and her triad they are currently working on they all live in a house together and they're working on kind of clearing out an extra room that they have so that she can kind of have her own space that's awesome Um, so that will be awesome and then also just since we're moving into a newer a new apartment next month um we'll have a little more space and I think it'll be a little easier to have her over more often fuck Um, yeah that'll be good and we see each other probably about the same frequency as Brian and I do about every two weeks or so okay and we see each other we physically see each other a lot more than that because of DSA and we get right 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 a polycule and have game nights and things like that um but like as far as Spending the night and having like dates and sex. Um, Mm -hmm. It's usually like every two weeks ish. Nice. And do you guys use protection with each other or what are all of your things there? (laughs) 
Um, so oh. Steve isn't, I was going to say, um, so Steve doesn't have any other partners. So he and I are fluid bonded and okay. Ryan and I were fluid bonded before Steve and I got together. Mm-hmm. So we had the conversation um, before Steve and I became fluid bonded. Mm-hmm. I had the conversation with Brian of like, since I'm only fluid bonded with you and you're not fluid bonded with anyone else mm-hmm. and we've all been tested is it cool if I'm also fluid bonded with Steve? Because yeah. that seemed sort of, you know, a mostly closed loop yeah. with, between the three of us. Yeah. Um, so that's what we have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he currently, Brian is not fluid bonded with any other partners, but his, his third partner has kind of come into the picture since Steve and I have been together. And I don't know if they're trying to figure out if they want to be fluid bonded or not, but that yeah. has not, um, that's not been something that's come up in like one of our check-ins or anything okay. yet. Um, yeah. And then just recently, Christine, Brian and I had, and I will talk about these more later because they're amazing, but we do something called a radar check-in, which is a thing I learned from the multi-amory podcast, which is a really yes. pretty good podcast. Yes. Good. I have. Um, so we do those about monthly-ish um, and they're wonderful. Steve and I are going to do one tomorrow. So um, I find them really, really helpful. Can you um, explain what they are for people who are listening that may not know? Yeah. So it's kind of just a more formal way of going through different categories of our lives and each person gets to share like just really radically honestly, like here are some things I might be struggling with. Here are some things about our relationship I might want to change. Um, so those include things like money, sex, um, household stuff, uh, family, friends, work, you know, all of all of just the life things. Um, so it, to me, like it's good to check in with your partner no matter what, but setting aside like a couple of hours to actually focus on and do work on your relationship and like make goals for what are things we can do better? What are things we're not doing so well right now? Like that is, that has been amazing for me. And being able to share, I am a person, I'm a people pleaser by nature. Um, So being able to have a space that is like designated for like, if I'm having an issue of some kind, it gives me like, it frees me up to feel like this is a safe space and I can, I can say that I'm not happy about something and not feel like you're going to like take it so hard and like be mad at me or be upset with me. So, so like it has been really helpful for me learning how to like communicate my needs in a, in a really direct and clear way. I, I really feel like that is one of my favorite things about polyamory open relationship and and people that are tend to be kinky is that there's just such clear, honest communication. And again, people are people, nobody's perfect and feelings change and that's always going to be hard, but just having that framework, uh, I love that. Yes. And I think that's, you know, you have to communicate more, I think in non-monogamous relationships because there are more moving parts, Mm -hmm. but like, it would be wonderful for monogamous couples to have formalized check-ins. Like you don't even have to talk about other partners. Like you can just talk about the two of you and wouldn't that be wonderful and lovely. Yeah, and it, and it means a lot to me too because it feels like you care enough about our relationship to sit down with me and talk about some hard things sometimes yeah. and work through them together. Yeah. So that's been super meaningful for me. But we recently had the three of us had our first uh, radar check in, and we discussed fluid bonding because up until now, um, Christine and I have not 
been fluid bonded and she and Brian have never been fluid bonded. And so that was something she was going to discuss in her radar with her triad. Got um, it. So, cause they are fluid bonded. So they, okay. they discussed it and they are open to her becoming fluid bonded with us, but we all need to sit down again and sort of talk through, okay, well, what are, you know, how recently has everybody been tested? And yeah. what are your other partner's sexual practices like? And so yeah. like that's something that I think we can work our way through, but we still need to have more conversations about before that's, we just jump into it. That's a widening circle of fluids. Yeah, much like, more. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So like up until now, it's been, you know, the, the two, you know, Steve and Brian for me. Um, and then I have used protection with other people anytime I've had sex in between. Um, but yeah, so that could be, that could be a whole new can of worms and, um, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna talk it through. That's awesome. Do you guys go through and like define fluid bonded to make sure that you are all using the same definition? Because I know some people that fluid bonded means lower juices and they don't count like blowjobs and going down on people. But my personal understanding is a little more strict. Uh, so do you guys talk about that? Um, I don't know that we have talked about it in those details, but that is the way I think of it is like, yeah. Um, so Christine and I have not had oral sex yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you know, we have fingered each other and that's been wonderful and lots of making out and feeling up and toys and things like that. But, yeah. um, yeah, no mouse to, right. Vulva. Well, you, and you can use a dental dam and yeah. And or, we haven't done that yet. Yeah. Um, because that was something like when we first were talking about boundaries and stuff, she's like, I don't have oral sex with anybody, but my triad. Mm, and I was like, okay. Oh, okay. That's kind of a, that's a newer boundary for me. Sucks um, for you. Yeah. I really enjoy that very much. Wait, she also doesn't give it to anyone, but her triad. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So that okay. was, that was a, kind of a surprise. Um, because I had always assumed like that she and Brian were, uh, having oral sex, but I guess not. Um, so yeah, that is, that will be a conversation that we have to have in much more detail, but up until now, yeah, I count oral sex as, as fluid bonding. Good. I want to know more about how you got into polyamory in the first Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. 
You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Place And just, you know, kind of what the progression from your previous relationship to this current set of many beautiful relationships is like. Yeah. Um, so like I said before, I got married super young, um, just to turn 21, I guess it was. Um, and we were monogamous for eight years. And then in 2017, um, that's kind of when I had a particular, I did have a particular night where I'd taken a friend out for a bachelorette party and we ran into um, one of her friends that I thought was very cute and very sexy. Um, and, and I'd met her a couple of other times. And so, but then that like particular night, just that energy, like, and just like flirting with her. I was like, Oh my God, I want to kiss her. Like yeah. I really want to kiss her. And I was like, you're fucking bisexual. <laughs> like you need to just really admit that to yourself and you should yeah. probably come out to your husband about it. So I kind of sat with that. Um, that was like October, 2017. And I kind of sat with that until around Thanksgiving. And then we had a, you know, three hour conversation kind of laying in bed in the dark. Um, and our relationship was not in a good place and had not been in a good place for years. Um, but I really just, you know, the upbringing I had was you get married, you stay married. Um, yeah. So I didn't really know what to do about it. Yeah. And so I brought that up and that kind of opened up this whole, you know, discussion of, okay, well, if you want to explore that, what does that look like? And um, he, you know, he went back and forth basically all the month of December, 2017 of like, should we just get divorced mm -hmm. or should we try, you know, an open marriage or something? Mm -hmm. Um, and we have, my son is currently four. Um, so that's another wow. part of this. Um, yeah. we have a child together. So we were not, you know, I think it would have, we may have more easily made the decision to split up. I yeah. think, um, Absolutely. back then if we didn't have our son. Yeah. Um, so January, 2018, we decided let's open up and get on Tinder <laughs> and see what happens. Did um, you guys read any books about it ahead of time or what kind of research were you doing? We really didn't. Um, Whoa, I, really? Listen, I know <laughs> that's probably bad. Um, well, no, I mean, I, I'm actually just surprised <laughs> because I would feel like I needed some sort of framework or something. I don't know. So I, I'm yeah. actually like weirdly impressed. I don't know. I think the books are very <laughs> Well, useful. I mean, we're going to, you know, we're, we're in the process of divorcing. Right. <laughs> but like, um, I think. I was personally, I was just really, really ready to explore yeah. Um, yeah. things with women, but also very quickly, I was like, I'm not going to just close myself off to women. Um, women are wonderful, but I was like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this entirely. All, all the way. All the way. Um, so, I mean, I had listened to, I love sex and I find sex very interesting. So I've always listened to a lot of sex podcasts. And so the idea of Polly, um, I listen to the Savage Love cast a yes. lot, what most people thing. have or do. Um, so I was familiar with the idea of okay. non-monogamy okay. or polyamory and yeah. some, you know, had heard, you know, some callers calling in about particular issues and things. And so I was kind of like, you know, I have some idea of what this is about. Um, 
And I did join some like polyamory Facebook groups and just kind of tried to observe and see what, you know, see what that was like. But we did set, you know, we had this, like, I probably still have it in my phone, but like a note of like, here are our boundaries. Yeah. Um, and literally like two months in, everything was different and broken and (laughs) changed. Um, just because you don't know what you're getting into. Yeah. And you have to update as you go. Yeah. So, um, we had discussed, you know, mostly we discussed like, safe sex practices and what it would look like if either of us had feelings for somebody else. Um, And at the time we very much were like, well, we're going to remain a, you know, primary couple. And when these relationships would just be casual, feelings won't happen. And no feelings, no feelings. (laughs) Sure. Um, And then I met my partner, Brian, a week into it. Uh, Oh, oh, wow. yeah. 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 Um, and I really did expect our thing to just be a one night thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because up until like I had, I had had a couple of hookups before him, um, because it's very easy to hook up with people when you're a woman on Tinder and that's what you're looking for. <laughs> totally. Um, so I'd hooked up with a couple of people before him, some that were just very, very bad, yeah. but, uh, we had, we had, we talked for like two hours. We had an amazing conversation. I felt super safe with him. And then we had mind-blowing sex and I was like you never have mind-blowing sex the first time you have sex with somebody so I was like what the heck so (laughs) yeah so he like came out of nowhere what happened like what do you think made it mind-blowing that night and can you compare it with the very mediocre or bad sex that you'd had previously if is there anything you can pinpoint oh goodness um well he's a person that he is he's always entirely himself Mm -hmm. and it is endearing and strange um because he's kind of a weirdo and i love him but he is kind of a weirdo what flavor um, of weirdo is he <laughs> um goodness like, he, like i have recently been described as like alien like weird mixture <laughs> of childish and sexual like <laughs> goofy silly, you know like oh goodness well his sister describes him as a wizard trying to look like a muggle um <laughs> yeah and that is that is very <laughs> accurate for him. Um, does he, does yeah. he ever wear robes or he's like too in disguise? I'm wearing a robe right now. Um, he does have a robe. It is not as cute as your robe. But uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he just dresses in a very unusual fashion. He wears really colorful bandanas. Mm. Um, he never dresses the way you expect him to for the situation. Uh, he, his, house is, his house is covered in paintings from acid trips. Um, oh, cool. and quotes and it's it's entirely him in in a way that so many people's houses are not um okay wait I have a question about paintings from acid trips are yes. they like psychedelically awesome or are they like do they remind you of heffalumps and woozles and you're gonna have <laughs> if you look at them because that's um, it's kind of a mixture of all of that but some okay. of them are very psychedelic and and they're, they've been kind of a group thing too because he's had friends that come over and he's always like if people come to my house I want them to put something on my wall amazing so like I've painted this gigantic tree on his wall and added <sighs> you know, quotes and music lyrics and all sorts of things. So it's this very like, oh my gosh, it's it's really interesting. Um, But he's, he's a very unique person. So having sex with him the first time was, he's incredibly passionate and doesn't hold back at all. And I had never been with somebody where I had felt so like completely overwhelmed by them sexually in a really good way. Yeah. I felt like just like almost consumed by like his desire and it felt 
amazing. Uh, especially not, you know, after having mediocre sex for a long time. And like my sexual connection with my ex was reliable, um, yeah. but not exciting and not fun. And he was very exciting and very fun. And I felt like I could be myself with him also. And uh, yes. he's just, yeah, he's a, he's a very interesting and adventurous person. I love that you just articulated that you felt like you're, you were able to be yourself with him because I, so my master and I broke up for good two weeks ago and I'm struggling. Like, I'm sorry. I, thank you. And what I was thinking about just, just before we got on the Zoom today was I really miss being able to just be myself naked with a person because with yeah. new partners, I always get nervous because you just don't know exactly what's there and you don't know what they need yeah. or how that, you know, like it's new. It's scary. Yeah. I get scared of new stuff. It's not, but it is. And so I was yeah. just thinking about that, like that, that ability to just like drop in and like be your whole sexual being. And so I just love that you called that out. Yeah, it, it, it was, um, it was surprising. Um, and also I've always been a very high drive person and he also, he kind of goes in and out of his drive. But like when we first started seeing each other, like I could barely get in the door to his apartment before we were having sex. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. Um, so that was, that was also very exciting. It was like, oh, I found somebody who, you know, wants to have sex as much as I want to have sex. Yeah. And, and it's actually very good sex. Um, yeah. That's that was, awesome. that was really exciting and fun. And, um, definitely made me keep coming around because he also, he's, he's, um, he's a couple years younger than me, but, um, not, not a super social media user and not super attached to his phone, mm. which is kind of unique for our yeah. generation of people. Yeah. Um, so I would sometimes text him and not hear back from him for like a week. And I'm like, what is this guy's deal? And as I got to know him, eventually I was like, it's not a game. He's not a fuck boy. It's just, mm. he literally just like checks his phone and sees a message. And then like, he's doing something else and he forgets to respond ever. And that's just the way his, his brain works. Um, that's that I will say that has really... happened to me lately, like particularly in the last, in the 2019, like if I don't respond to someone right away, unless it's an email because emails are in one place and I can look at the unread ones. Like that's my only way I can keep track of stuff like with text mm -hmm. messages. Plus there are text messages, there are Instagram messages. I also mm -hmm. have a Google voice number and it's like, I can't, yeah, there are too many what? ways to contact you. Yeah, and like Facebook messages, and I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I try really hard to respond to everything. Yeah. I also have three different Instagrams. Like, there's just too much, you know? Oh, that's <laughs> a lot. That is a lot, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I questioned for, like, the first three months, basically, that we were seeing each other, like, was that the last time we're ever going to see each other? Mm. Um, which was really interesting and kind of anxiety-inducing. Um, but, like, as I got to know him more, I was kind of like, no, this is just the person that he is. Um, and then I eventually learned the trick of, he actually really enjoys talking on the phone. So I oh would call God. him and we would have very long phone conversations that would be lovely. Um, but that was a thing that I was like, you don't encounter that with people yeah. our age usually. Yeah. So yeah. that was really unique. Um, but then like three months in, like he told me he was in love with me. And I was like, oh, Whoa. okay. I guess you're just weird about texting, but like actually we're in love. So that's great. <laughs> Did you feel the same way back or was it like, I oh, did, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I wanted to say it, but I kept, I think I just kept questioning, like, I don't know how he views this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so about, about at that time is when we 
like I finally felt like secure enough to be like, okay, well, what is this? What are we? What are, you know, what are we really looking for? Because up until that point, like we basically had referred to each other as like friends, really good friends that have sex. Mm. Um, and he also would not have identified as polyamorous when he, when we first started seeing really? each other. Yeah. Um, because he really never had had two romantic partners at the same time. He was non-monogamous before that. Um, but, and he had his partner, Christine, and then he had a couple other casual partners. And funny, um, he was seeing a couple very casually mm-hmm. that I also ended up dating for several months. <laughs> um, that's Love how it. Goes. Um, I mean, it's convenient, and if, if it's <laughs> if it's a good set of people, it's a good set of people, you know. And, yeah, and they were, in, and I, um, you know, I have fond memories of the time that we spent together. I think I was, you know, my life was changing and shifting because I I started seeing them about a month after he and I started seeing each other, mm-hmm. and then my life was just kind of moving in a different direction. Yeah. Um, and they were kind of wanting more of a steady, solid yeah. third. And I was like, I'm cool with coming over like once a week and us having like fun, having sex and me spending the night and us having brunch the next day. But like, that was kind of the extent that I, I wanted and they wanted, they wanted something more. Um, How wonderful is it that you were able to just like have that conversation though, instead of well, and, and I think, you know, finally, at the end of it, I think they, they didn't take it super well. Mm. Um, we are not friends, unfortunately, because I really, I actually really enjoy being friends with exes, and I have yeah. been able to do that with most of the people that I've dated in the last... God, I hear you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, with them, it's just a different story, but they're still, you know, in the polyamory community. We still have a lot of overlap and connections, and recently, very recently, actually, she and I had a text exchange for the first time in, like, a year, mm. and just kind of cleared the air of, like, you know, we can all be respectful of each other and the shared spaces that that we are in and I was like cool I feel good about yeah. that so oh, good good uh yeah so so I was saying you know he really didn't identify as Polly until we started seeing each other and he was like I am in love with these two women at the same time and I guess that's Polly <laughs> I was like yeah I guess so yeah um and that was Christine Christine was his other partner um mm-hmm. before me they met about six months before we met and yeah, so then he kind of, he started identifying as Polly. I started pretty quickly identifying as Polly after we opened the relationship. And I was like, oh, I definitely am capable of having more feelings, you know, than yeah. I thought I was. Yeah. I, th- I thought too, I thought in the beginning, I was like, I'm just going to want to have a lot of sex with a lot of people. And I did do that. But then yeah. I also, you know, met people along the way that I was like, I love that yep. person. Literally, <laughs> I that person. I, before I f- was in love with two people at the same time, I could not understand. I really just thought that if someone was polyamorous, it just meant they wanted to cheat on their partner and they were shitty. And I didn't understand that there was, that it was actually possible to be in love with two people at the same time until I experienced it. And then I had no, no friends of mine were polyamorous. Mm. I liked it. Like I don't, you know, and everyone was like, are you sure? Well, maybe you don't really love him. Well, maybe you don't really love her. And I was like, think uh, and so my brain was just exploding because I was like I think I maybe maybe nothing is love like I don't know (laughs) maybe it's all just sex I can't tell yeah Um, so yeah I I love that yeah do you you find uh have you encountered any shitty people that identify as poly but they're not really poly they're just like shitty like uh, because I've encountered a couple people that oh I'm totally poly but they're 
actually just douchebags that are use sure. openness as an excuse to be shitty. Yeah, for sure. Um, mostly like through apps and stuff. Okay. Um, Cause you'll meet people who say they're, you know, I'm poly or non-monogamous. And then really that means like, I have a girlfriend who, you know, kind of knows I'm maybe fooling around on her and I'm like what that is yeah. not or non-monogamy and then I've also come across unfortunately the cliche of couples who are unicorn hunting um, oh, yeah. calling themselves polyamorous and I'm like you may be poly with somebody else but like what you're asking for from me is not poly it's a hookup and yeah. like if that's really what you want feel fine you should feel fine so. about asking for that yeah and if, if that's something I want to give then I will. But like, I just hate when people are under this, like, we're looking for our, you know, our perfect third. And I'm like, that's not, you know, you shouldn't just set out looking for that. That might be something that you want, but to find that one person who is like in love with the two of you and that you all can work it out together, like that's going to be harder to find than just like some random person that you meet on the internet. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely have encountered that. Um, okay. I want to get back to sex and some details. Yeah. And I have an important question that I haven't asked yet, which is, was your husband your first sexual partner? He was not. Um, oh, yeah. Tell me more. He was my first regular sexual okay. partner. I, will say I know, that. but I, I was just curious because of the religious upbringing. I mean, even yeah. in my brain, I was like, I'm going to wait until marriage. I remember being 14 and yeah. like, Best, my childhood best friend was like, I don't think you're going to wait. And I was like, oh, I will too. And then yeah. I realized that I didn't have to wait. And I was like, oh yeah, no, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, like I've said probably multiple times by now, I have always. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up? Embrace your desires and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Floor. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. been a very sexual person. I started masturbating very young. How young were um, you? Probably eight or nine. Okay. And definitely remember, like, really enjoying that and wanting to know more about sex and um, just being really curious about sex always. So when I began dating people, I was, like, 14, and I dated, you know, 
whatever you call dating at 14 mostly, sure. but, um, I had dated one guy and then he broke up with me. Um, and we had like, you know, we'd made out, but we hadn't done anything other than that. And then I started dating his best friend, which was part of why maybe I should have known I was non-monogamous earlier. <laughs> um, but I started dating his best friend and we pretty quickly began, um, I, like I would give him blow jobs, we would make out, there was a lot of dry humping, there was a lot of that. Um, and then eventually, I don't remember exactly, I was probably, we probably had been together for about a year, um, but my parents went out of town and <laughs> he spent the night one night and that was like the first night that anybody had ever gone down on me and the first night that like I had a penis inside me. And it was literally like a few times, but only for like a few seconds because he was terrified he was going oh. to come and get me pregnant oh. and we were you know dumb kids who didn't know that you know unfortunately hadn't really been told that much about how to have safe sex right, um, right. because abstinence was the only way really um right. going up in my family so well I will had, say to his credit at least he was like worried about coming and wasn't yeah. just like Yes. doing it you know yes. so that's I appreciate that something but also I was very much like just fucking do it <laughs> <laughs> I was thirsty um I really really wanted it and I had really wanted it for a long time and he was the one who was very much like I'm really nervous about it I'm really you know I'm not sure that I'm ready and I was yeah. like okay well we can wait until you're ready but like it shouldn't just be because you're afraid you're gonna go to hell yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, you know, that was probably my, I would count that as my first, mm -hmm. um, though it was not. And then that happened maybe one, one or two other times before we broke up and we dated off and on for like five years. Um, and so there were other people that I, you know, made out with and kind of fooled around with, but didn't, um, didn't even have oral sex with anybody else until there was a guy I hooked up with in between after he and I broke up, there was a guy I hooked up with um, who was a couple of years younger than I was, and we did have oral sex. But then um, I met my ex, um, like the first, like my first year in college. We were, or it was really like my second semester, and I had waited a year actually to start. Um, so I was a little bit older than him, but I met him, um, met my ex in a public speaking class of all places at a Christian college. And we like, we, began very hot and heavy and had sex like a month after we started dating. Um, cause I was just ready. I was yeah. like, at this point I was like, I'm in college and I'm questioning religion and whether yeah. it's even worth anything. I'd been questioning it for years, but like yeah. being in a, being around other people my age for the first time in like, you know, and out of my, my hometown and all of that kind of gave me the freedom to feel like, maybe I should explore what I actually believe and what I actually think about things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so weirdly Christian college kind of made me become not a Christian, which is. Well, that, makes, that makes sense to um, me. And I, I know others who have had similar experiences, but we started having sex um, and using, we use condoms. Um, but yeah, our, the first time we had sex was in the passenger seat of his tiny little Saturn, <laughs> which was <laughs> something else. There was some maneuvering. Um, but yeah, like we, we began pretty, pretty very quickly having sex. Mm -hmm. So what was married sex like? Or I, I would love to hear like details of if yeah. you want to talk about married sex or if you want to talk about sex you're currently having, like what are just some specifics that you love or, or things that you hate? Um, married sex. Well, 
Uh, I don't know. I, I, when we first started having sex, we were having sex a lot. And um, I have, have a very high drive. And when we first started dating, like he also seemed to be able to meet that drive. Um, but he was also 19. Um, and then about two years into our relationship is when we got married. And that was right around two when uh, sex began to really drop off for us. Oh. Um, yeah. And that's not what you want. And I was all, you know, and I was like, well, you're the person I'm supposed to have sex with for the rest yeah. of my life. And like, if this is the only place and only way I'm getting sex, like you can't just like not. Yeah. Um, did you talk about it like, with him? We did talk about it. Um, it tend, would tend to be a pretty emotional conversation. He definitely was dealing with and had always been dealing with some anxiety and depression stuff, which I definitely think affected his drive and his ability is, to communicate with me. Um, yeah. It's a boner killer for sure. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, I've also, I've been doing a lot of personal work lately and uh, thinking about why I have the patterns that I have and trying to break some of the bad ones. And um, a pattern that I had with him was kind of feeling like, I mean, he, he was just not good at opening up emotionally or communicating how he felt about me. So really the only time I was feeling loved was if we were having sex. And then when the sex started to drop off, I was like, Oh, I just feel like you don't love me and you're not attracted to me. And it just felt like living with a stranger kind of. Um, so really our sex life from that point on was very vanilla, um, and very, you know, sometimes infrequent, sometimes, a month or two in between and I'm like we're young we should be having sex all the time right um and I certainly wanted it all the time but then like that pattern of like well I don't feel like he's attracted to me I don't feel like he loves me blah 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 um that started to reinforce like me starting to feel not attractive so like this just became this just really unhealthy cycle of yeah me not feeling good about myself and then eventually just us feeling very disconnected from each other entirely. And, uh, the sex did get a little better right after we opened our relationship, but that was like, I think just a, you know, an infusion of excitement into an otherwise, you know, fairly boring 10 year relationship. So yeah. Um, and we, he's not kinky at all. And I always was a little and interested in exploring that. And that was not something he was ever, he wouldn't even, he wouldn't watch porn with me. He was not, interested in exploring anything really other than like what you think of when you think of traditional married sex. Wow. So, yeah. Did you, what was pregnant sex like? Fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> For me anyway. Yeah. Um, cause I honestly, when I was pregnant, I had never, I never had, I've never felt better about my body than I did when I was pregnant. Weirdly. Why? Um, I think, well, part of it was because it, it took me a couple of years to get pregnant. I had some fertility issues. Um, so then I think part of it was just like, oh my God, look at my body doing this amazing thing that like, I didn't, I wasn't sure it could do. Yeah. Um, and then also just like, yeah, like my body's doing this amazing thing. It's so strong and like I'm nurturing and just this, you know, very much like this mother goddess kind of feeling about it. Um, and my hair was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that yep. Also. Yep. Um, yeah. And I think just for whatever reason, it just, it, it made me feel very good about myself. And whenever Mm. I'm feeling very good about myself, I tend to be more turned Mm. on and, uh, pregnant sex was great up until like the last couple of months. And then he was starting to feel really weird about it. Um, okay. And I was like, 
okay, the baby doesn't know anything is going on and you're not going to hurt the baby. And like, you know, this is all totally fine. But yeah, that pretty much he didn't want to have sex with me the last couple months of our, of the pregnancy. Was um, he afraid that he was going to like damage the baby or just like traumatize I like, think emotionally? Both, even though like <laughs> logically he would agree that like, yeah, he's like, yeah. Yeah, I know I'm not going to like poke the baby or anything, but I was like, <laughs> okay, then like climb up, <laughs> climb up yeah. on here, man. <laughs> Please um, mount me. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know exactly what was going on there. Um, and probably some of it was like anxiety about like how much our lives are about to change. Yeah, yeah. Too. But, totally. um, but yeah, for the most part, I found married or pregnant sex to be really good and really fun. Did you have any sex post-pregnancy? I know you have to wait a while, but. We what's... waited um, about, I want to say it was like nine weeks. And I okay. think they yeah. typically tell you like six to eight. Um, yeah. And I had a C-section. Mm. So my recovery was thankfully pretty good, but it does take a little longer to recover from a C-section yeah. than a vaginal delivery. So um, that actually the first time we had sex after that was passionate and oh. wild. And it was mostly oh. because we were like, how long is the baby going to be asleep? And here's like, here's our moment. Let's go for Let's it. Go. Um, so that felt really good. And physically, like I didn't really feel, um, pain or anything like that after, but I did sort of have a weird right after my son was born. I think I, I did looking back, I'm pretty sure I had postpartum anxiety, mm. um, which I didn't treat at the time because I mostly yeah. just thought, Oh, it's just hormones and, yep. and I'm a new mom and I'm not sleeping enough and blah, blah, blah. But I, I literally had like an aversion to even watching people kiss on television Whoa. And that is the one time in my life that I can ever remember, like, not being horny. Wow. But I was literally, like, it would turn my stomach to even think about sex or think about touching my husband. And I wow. was like, what on earth is going on? And thankfully, like, that dissipated about two months after mm. he was born. But I was like, this is the weirdest, because I've literally been horny every day of my life since I was a young, you know, pretty young. Yeah. So that was that was surprising. But, but after that... Um, sex pretty much resumed at like an irregular, you know, the way we had been going was probably like every, you know, maybe every three weeks ish, maybe every month, you know, um, and and the sex was fine. During, during that time of fine sex, um, how did initiations happen? Was it like tonight, babe? And were there lots of no's or was it just like you saw the twinkle in the eye or did you put it on a calendar or how did it happen? Typically, um, I would initiate pretty much always, um, and that would just be me kind of, you know, making my way over to him at bedtime um, and touching his penis or kind of making out with him and just kind of asking if he was up for it. Um, But And we had talked about doing sort of like a scheduled sex thing because like I had always been unhappy with the frequency, but then he felt like that would feel like too much pressure. And so he never wanted to do that. And he never, he just, he just never wanted to work on any of that. Um, so yeah, that's basically how it would go. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yes. I would like to know a little bit about, you said, uh, you're a little bit kinky. Yes, I am. (laughs) Will you, uh, please expound (laughs) upon that? So I would like to explore more. Um, but I'm definitely into being tied up and tying people up. Um, being held down and holding people. I'm definitely a switch also, um, which is very fun. And I've recently, I've more recently kind of come into that, like, cause I used to always think like I'm more submissive. Um, but I really say I probably am more of a brat 
and mm. then also uh, enjoy playing the dom role. Um, so I enjoy those things. I like being choked. I like yeah. choking. Um, I'm Did you really wait? Like being watched. I have a question for yes. you. Yes. Did you listen to the Dan Savage episode? I think it was last week or the week before where they were like, choking is bad. Like people talk about it too casually, blah, blah, blah. blah. It was like a BDSM episode that they had. I have had. not listened uh, to him in re- like okay. regularly in a while. So no. Okay, I, was, I was binging and they were, he had a mistress on and they were talking mm-hmm. about it. So I'm just bringing that up here because uh, I have spoken about it fairly casually and yes. just want to reiterate, like I'm not doing, I've never engaged in kind of choking where I could not breathe and where my partner didn't know what they were doing like I'm not into asphyxiation play and and Dan Savage and this mistress were like no choking at all it's very dangerous and I'm sort of like it's inside it's inside my boundaries assuming a partner that knows what they're doing so yeah um shouting out about choking yeah, that's kind of, um, we don't ever do it for prolonged periods of time, yes. and it's never to where you can't breathe at all. Yeah, It's exactly. more, I would say, simulated choking than, yeah. like, actual choking. I can always um, use, I can still, like, say a safe word, even if it sounds weird, or, like, like Yes, for sure. Yeah. 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 And I typically only do it with my nesting partner, and we both, when we're having sex, we're very, like, very in tune with each other, and definitely can read how the other one is feeling, how the other one is doing, and I typically like it, um, more, you know, when I'm closer to orgasm, that's yes. something that will push oh. me over the edge. Is like, oh my god, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really enjoy being watched while having sex. Yeah. I really enjoy watching other people have sex. I would really like to explore um, rope play. I think that would be really fun. Um, Do you have any specific types of role play you'd like to explore? Like specific fantasies or anything? Oh, um, I mean, probably mostly boring ones. Kind of like you know, librarian and... and I don't think uh, those are boring. (laughs) Well, good. I don't think Um, any of it's boring. It's, like, fun to do. Like, what type of librarian? Like, would you be the librarian that's, like, very bookish and, like, oh, oh. Or would you be the librarian that's, like, hey, I have a book. I have a book, I think. The second librarian. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I tend to be the aggressor, so I feel more comfortable with the, like, more sexually overt Mm -hmm. role. Um... Yeah, definitely would be want to be the ones doing the seducing. I think mm. in that scenario. So, yeah, um, stuff like that, or you know, or you know, doctor patient, or things you know, things of that nature. But I, I have to also be in a very specific mood to want or to feel yeah, comfortable enough absolutely. to like play and do that. Um, yeah. But I think that would be really fun to do, sort of more regularly, or um, or or you know, set up scenarios of like, oh, we're gonna meet out in public, and you know, we're gonna pretend that we don't know each other, and all of that. I think that's kind of fun. Um, I'm trying to think of other kinky stuff. Well, okay, this is a question that maybe is a little bit ignorant, but like with your polycule, do you guys talk about ever doing like a group orgy, or is that on the table? Is it off the table? Is that something we, we haven't? Um, I think it would be fun. I think my nesting partner feels more comfortable with one-on-one interactions. So mm-hmm. I don't think he would be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that basically leaves me and Christine and Brian, and we have, we are discussing having a threesome. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I don't know if I would be open to her bringing in either of her other partners, because I don't know either of them super well yet. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely, I really enjoy group sex. I really enjoy threesomes. Um, I would like to have more group sex situations. Yeah. Have you ever had a more than threesome? I haven't. 
Have I? Yeah. I don't think I have. You have? I went, I went to a sex club with one of my <gasps> partners, um, with Brian. And we, um, we were having sex, like, in, like, kind of a, a couple's area. And, you know, you're, you're watching everybody else have sex. And you're, you know, it's just a bunch of beds, basically. That's so um, cool. Yes, it was very fun um, to watch other people have sex while you're having sex. And then we were next to this other couple, and they kind of asked us, like, she really wants to give him a blowjob. Is that okay? And we were like, yes, that's fine. <laughs> and then the, her male partner wanted to have sex with me. And I was like, hey, we're here at a sex club and I'm yeah. fucking down. So, um, so he and I had sex and we were, we were kind of having sex together and I'm like making out with my partner while Aww. this other guy's fucking me. And like, it just, it was, <gasps> it was, uh, it was exciting. Um, yeah. But not knowing them was, I think, it was very exciting because um, yeah. it was, you know, they're just strangers. Anything can um, happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's strangers was, in a safe space, like in a, in space, a safe where space it's set up for that, where there's like allowed to be asked. Like it's like, a, yeah. yeah. And I appreciated that they, you know, didn't just sort of make their way over to the bed. They, mm-hmm. they definitely asked verbally yeah. um, if that was okay. And we were like, yeah, we're, we, and we, and he and I had discussed boundaries before we went and we were both Good. kind of like, we're both cool with, you know, you get whatever you want, like, let's do this. So, and neither one of us is, is super jealous. So it was, it was pretty, yeah, it was just mostly a fun experience. It was not like fraught in any way, which was helpful. Awesome. Yeah. I would love to have more group sex. Okay. I think because I could talk to you forever, I think I want to rapid fire some questions yes. that we haven't gotten to yet. Um, so just a sentence or two, whatever comes to mind, highs, lows, whatever, whatever pops into your brain. Sure. Uh, if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer with one being shameless and 10 being super full of sexual shame, where do you think you fall? I would say I'm probably a three because it is still hard for me to receive oral sex, mm. um, which is something I'm working on. Um, and then occasionally, you know, weird insecurities about my body. Um, but mostly, mostly not, no shame, mostly no shame. So two or three. That's great. That actually leads to my next question. Thoughts and feelings on cunnilingus? I really enjoy, uh, giving. That's a lot of fun. Um, what, when you're with a new person, I know this is a new question, but when you're giving cunnilingus to a new person, do you talk? Do you just explore with your tongue? Do you see... Um, I kind of, I don't know, I guess I kind of have a way that I go about it and then kind of ask questions. What is the way? (laughs) Tell me the way. I I guess I kind of go, I kind of go at it the way that I know that I enjoy it. Um, and personally, I really enjoy, um, kind of like an ice cream cone licking tongue, like kind of flat, kind of loose. Yeah. Slow. Um, very much like building up, building up, building up tension. Um, I don't love like a tongue inside me during, um, kind of lingus. I generally like fingers inside Mm -hmm. me and then more focus on the clit while, you know, while fingering is happening. With with the flat ice cream tongue or with a sharp tongue? With a a flat tongue, generally like just more, and then kind of increasing and decreasing pressure, um, also feels really good. And sometimes like a sharper tongue, you know, kind of flicking the clit feels good. But if I'm going to orgasm, I need more like consistent consistent pressure. Um, and so I kind of start doing it to my partner the way that I would want it done. And then I kind of ask them questions of like, is this feeling good for you? Is there something that you would like me to do differently? Um, and then just kind of go from there. And most, 
all of my female partners or, you know, vulva having partners have been pleased is all Excellent. Um, so I feel good about cunnilingus um, giving. Um, I do feel kind of complicated feelings about receiving and that's a lot to do with like just, you know, societal shame about vulvas and vaginas and um, not, you know, just not hearing a lot of positive messaging about yeah. that as a kid and as a teenager and in my marriage and, you know, whatever, but, but trying to just make peace with it and trying to enjoy it more and accept receiving it, um, Mm -hmm. with less stress and anxiety (laughs) because it's really stressful. Do you Um, have any like concrete tools that you use when you're like, like, are you able to notice like, Oh, I'm getting anxious or anything. And then you breathe or like, what do you do? Um, kind of really just try to zero in on what does it feel like? Mm. What does a sensation feel like? Yeah, fuck yeah. Because trying to get out of my head or trying to think about something else is not helpful. So like looking, you know, looking at my partner while they're going down on me and, and just focusing on what does it feel like is, is an easier way for me to get out of my head about it. So I get so turned on watching partners go down on me. Oh God, yes. It's I like the last, ugh, the last time I was with my master, I got so turned on watching him go down on me. And I was like, can I make a video? And he was like, yeah. And it was just <laughs> like, it was just so hot. So I have that on yeah. my phone, but it's like, yes. ugh. okay. Yeah. Blow jobs. I love them. I go love on. them very much. Um, it Rooms. also depends on the partner. Um, okay. And I think like shape and length and, you know, sometimes can be easier with some partners versus others, but like, um, I have never loved giving a blowjob more than I do to my nesting partner. Um, yeah. I really love it. And I can deep throat, um, <gasps> which is very wonderful and exciting. Um, so I do want to explore that more with like other penis having partners. Um, yeah. have you done but, it with any other penis having partners? Because I, I I've tried I with a couple others and it's like, I, I don't know if it's an angles thing or if it's like both parties have to be prepared or if it's like, I don't, I don't know, but I, I had like a harder time. <laughs> I think a lot of it is I know that I can really trust him to not yeah. do, um, to not like shove my head down on it or to like, and like th- that can be fun. I was going to um, say, once you get good at it, it's really fun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if you're in a space and <laughs> you're, you're ready that. for that, but like yeah. I can really yeah. trust him to not do anything that yeah. I'm not expecting. Yeah. And I think that is a lot of it. It's just like, there's so much trust between us that I feel it's, it's feels safer to do it. So it's easier to do it. Um, yeah. And I, I really love it. And I really love teasing and taking my time and yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> have you ever thrown up a little bit from deep throating? I have, I have not. I have oh. not yet. Um, okay. well, so, yeah, I like started to gag a little, yeah. I guess, but not actually feel anything come up. Thank God. I, it only happens to me after like, if I have a full belly of nachos. Yes. Fair. So you would think I would learn the lessons happen like three times. Yeah, well, um, nachos are delicious, so. So delicious. Oh, my God. Yes. If you're ever in Los Angeles, I'll take you to a nacho place. It's so fucking Yes, good. please. That sounds great. Um, and did you get a sex talk? Um, mostly just the, you know, you wait until you're married is okay. mostly what. Um, my mom, because we were homeschooled, my mom did go through like how it actually worked when okay. we were, I want to say I was in like third grade. So that's fairly young actually. Yeah. But then like, we didn't really talk about, we didn't really talk about pleasure or, no. or what that would be like. And we didn't talk about like in, in my house growing up, like birth control and condoms were bad. 
because that wouldn't, you know, that would make you be promiscuous. Right. Um, so like, that was not a thing that I like, I did a lot of like on my own research on sex and what and how it worked and like what you should do and whatnot. But that was certainly not something that I was getting from my parents. Yeah. So how did you do that research? You're my age. So I remember like watching pre YouTube videos on (laughs) blowjobs. That's hilarious. Like those like Um, shitty, tiny embedded ones. And just like, I didn't know what to do. I think mostly I did a lot of reading. I did enjoy reading like more erotic fiction. Mm. Um, And then like reading, you know, Cosmo articles, which is not the greatest place to get your advice from, but like that was what was available. How, how did you get a Cosmo? Did your mom Mostly get them? online. Oh, online. Yes. Oh. So, um, especially like, you know, you could, you could look things up online. Um, and I'm trying to think of when, I'm trying to think, because we were homeschooled, um, we did have like a family computer for many years. And then finally, um, the last couple of years of school, I did like online school to finish. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had like my own computer in my own room. And Mm. that definitely led to more exploration and more, you know, Googling of things. Um, I didn't really watch porn until later. Mm -hmm. Um... I wanted to explore it probably early 20s. And I did used to watch porn like on my phone um, yeah. and masturbate and stuff. But then like I've gotten more into porn as time has gone on. Um, yes. And definitely like finding better porn has been really helpful. Where but, do you um, find yeah. it? Oh, well, some of my favorites are um, Erica Lust is excellent. She makes amazing and beautiful movies. And also um, A Four-Chambered Heart is a, a group of folks in the UK and they make beautiful, very artistic. What's film. wait, Erica Lust? Is it Erica with a C or a K? Okay. Erica Lust. And what's the other group called? A four chambered heart. Can you spell that for me? A four? Like a four, like aforementioned? Like a, just yeah. A, uh-huh. four, F O U R. Got it. Chambered. Got it. Heart. Ah, got it. And yeah, you have to be a member of their like yeah. Patreon or whatever to view their full videos and stuff. But um, the couple I dated actually introduced me to a lot of really, really good, more feminist porn. Yeah, it really yeah. feels like people are having sex because they're enjoying it and they're having fun and there's all sorts of bodies and body types. And love that. I love it. So um, that's something I've definitely gotten more into as I've gotten older. But I definitely was, you know, as a teenager, like, how does all this work? Yeah. yeah. There was some Googling. Yes. Um, butt stuff. Um, not a thing I've explored a ton, but something I enjoy. Okay. Um, I really enjoy pegging. Um, my nice. partner and I, um, that's, he's the first person I've explored that with. And that's really, really fun. Um, really, really fun for me. And, nice. for me. Um, and then I enjoy, I have enjoyed anal sex sometimes more than others. I think it's more that like, I've never been with somebody who wanted to do it regularly enough mm-hmm. for me to feel like I was really getting a handle on like what yeah. are the sensations like, and when is, you know, when do I feel ready and yeah. um, all of that. So I think I've learned, um, I do enjoy like double penetrating myself when I masturbate mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, so that's something I think I'd like to explore more of, but definitely like something I, I enjoy and I'm open to. Nice. Do you have sex dreams? I do have sex dreams. What um, are they like? Do you orgasm in them? How vivid are they? Do you know your partners? Are they people from real life? Does it just depend? 
Generally, I feel like I used to, weirdly, I used to dream much more vividly just in general. Um, and then the last several years, I feel like my sleep has kind of changed, probably since becoming a parent, maybe. Um, but I don't have as vivid memories when I wake up of the dreams that I've had. But I definitely wake up having just orgasms sometimes, um, which is, you know, you're like, so oh cool. God, what? Um, and then generally when I when I can think about like, oh, who was I having sex with or how was that happening? It's usually somebody that I know, but somebody mm-hmm. that I have not had sex with, mm-hmm. cool. which I find very entertaining. Um, yeah. Sometimes you're like, oh God, you feel like you're going to feel awkward when you run into yeah. them. Yeah. Like, you know like, something they don't. Know what we did like, last Tuesday. You're like, I've seen you naked in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's usually, but, and it's not, you know, not super memorable sex. Yeah. Usually it's just kind of like, oh, we're, we're having sex now. And like, oh. that's weird. We shouldn't be, cause we don't know each other that well or whatever. Yeah. But, but yeah, I do have sex dreams. Uh, what are your hopes for your future sex life? Well, an issue, um, that I have been working on lately more in my head, but I am going to start seeing a therapist actually next month, um, which I'm really excited. <gasps> Love therapy. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, but I've always, always intertwined sex and love um, in a complicated way in my head. And um, since I've always had a high drive, I typically am always with partners who don't want sex as much as I do. Mm. And so I'm trying to kind of unpack, like, how can I have sexual affection or like have a sexual connection with somebody where maybe we're not having like actual you know full-blown sex all the time yeah um and so that's the thing I'm trying to kind of work through and that's you know I don't know maybe not a sex goal maybe who can say but um yeah definitely something I'm working on and working towards and, and I would really like to have kind of a healthier relationship between the two things um and then as far as like things I want to do I definitely would like to have more group sex I would like to um I would like to try you know more role play stuff um get into a friend of mine um does rope play um and I have had my like my thigh and leg tied once before and I was like oh my god that looks very hot and I would love to explore that a little bit more so cool yeah I think just you know just continuing to have fun and have fulfilling sex lives with all my partners and whoever else comes along so amazing okay it is time for this question if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age would you pick and what would you say? I guess, um, I guess it's pretty easy. Um, I guess I would probably go back to, you know, 13 or 14 year old me and say, it's okay to be bisexual. It's really okay. And you're going to be fine. And maybe your life is going to look different than you thought, but that you're going to end up with a community of people that love you and that that is that's totally cool. You know, your parents might not approve of that, but like you're going to be happy and you're going to be loved. Um, and I think my life would be very different had I been able to accept that about myself at a younger age. So, yeah. And just have more fun, have more fun. There were definitely people that I would have liked to have sex with in high school that I didn't. And I think that, you know, if I'd been able to go back and say, you know, be safe, but also have fun, do the things you want to do. Love it. Yeah. Is there a sex question you want to ask me? 
Um, I was trying to think of this earlier. I think really the only thing that came to mind was like, do you have a super weird sex experience that you have not shared yet on the podcast? I'm trying to think. I think I've shared. Let me see. Let me let me run through my brain real quick for a minute. Sure. Some weird things are just like the boring flavors of weird where like, I don't know. Let me think. Sex on the beach. I, like I, I don't know. Like I haven't talked about this specifically, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. If this is not the kind of weird you were asking about. But <laughs> one time, one time I had a yeast infection, and oh, that was the that was the only thing that convinced my boyfriend at the time to have butt sex with me. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like he wasn't into it, but I was so horny. But I was like, no, no, no. You like, like I'm, I'm on the antibiotics. Like, yeah, you, not, you touch can't. It. You no. can't. Um, and also. Yeah. It like I it it was not in shape to be touched. Nope. Um, but that led to a butt fucking that was great. It was good. Exciting. And it's funny because I think about that sometimes because that was the only time that we ever had butt sex. And I'm trying to remember if we even used lube. I just remember it was like because we hadn't prepared for it. We neither of us were terribly experienced at the time, but it was just yeah. so hot because I was so yeah. horny. Yes. <laughs> For sure. That, I mean, so that like, always amplifies any sexual experience. I feel like as if you're just like, yeah. oh, I need it now. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's a, that's a, that's a weird kind of weird. <laughs> yes. Is there anything else you want to share or like any closing thought like to the world, a message to the world, maybe about polyamory, maybe about bisexuality, mm-hmm. just any, I don't know, any final thoughts? It's okay if not. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess basically I would say what I would have said to myself as a teenager is that it's okay to be whoever you are and that you will find more genuine love and connection and community if you just live as yourself um, than pretending to be or trying to fit into any sort of mold or person that you think you're supposed to be. I think it's just, you know, learning to love the person you are and learning to just be that person all the time. Um yeah, I think that's what I would say. <laughs> and polyamory is great. <laughs> but yeah. And I want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, lovers. That's our show this week. Thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us with all of your wisdom and knowledge and experience. It's fucking awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. 